the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings nearly 40 years of experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. First time you heard the show. Welcome aboard. The first part of the show, we talk about estate planning and elder law. The idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court. That's avoiding probate in our line of work. And as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. Second part of the show, we talk about politics, history, religion, and nostalgia. Today, we're going to be having we're going to be talking to one of the candidates for surrogate of the county of Queens. Very important position, and probably one of the most important judicial positions within the city of New York. And I, I would dare say, probably the most important because there are two surrogates in Brooklyn and there are two surrogates in Manhattan. So the one surrogate in Queens probably has a much higher caseload than any one surrogate in in the city because I'm sure it's more than the Bronx and I'm sure it's more than Staten Island. So And it's more than half of what comes through Brooklyn or more than half of what comes through uh, Manhattan. And with us right now, one of our attorneys, again, Nicole Donnelly. Welcome back, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So what we were talking about beforehand, you want to make the surrogates court obsolete. My only goal as an attorney is to put surrogates court out of business. I don't know how many of you know this, but here at Connors and Sullivan, we practice estate planning, trust and estates. And this is the only field that if a person who dies with assets and does nothing, you'll automatically end up in court. You won't be there to see it, of course, because it's only triggered upon your death. However, your family members, whoever's entitled, legal heirs will end up in court, which is mind-blowing because everywhere else where you end up in court, somebody did something to you and you're alive. Yeah, that's that's one thing. In a lot of cases, you know, surrogate's court is the one court where you don't choose to go to some extent. 
I mean, you could say in criminal court, you may not choose to go to criminal court if you get arrested. Somebody but at the same time, it. a crime was committed and somebody's being prosecuted for it. So there is some choice whether the person is innocent. And, of course, we're all presumed to be innocent uh, until convicted. And, of course, in Supreme Court, you might be just sitting there and get sued by somebody or you're choosing to bring an action against someone. So either way, you took some action to get into court, whether you drive in the car and you hit a pedestrian or whether, you know, something went wrong and you injured somebody by mistake, by accident, you could be thrown into court. Um, surrogate's court, again, you do nothing. You die. You have assets in your name alone. Your estate goes through surrogate's court. If you have a will, it goes through probate. If you don't have a will, it goes through administration. It's the same courthouse, different rooms. Ordinarily, at the very least, we want to go through probate because at least we're going to choose the executor, the person to handle your legal, financial, business matters after you're gone with the will. But again, the goal in the state planning, for the most part, is to avoid probate. Why? Because delays happen in probate. Red tape. You know, even in the best of circumstances, in the best of judges and their clerks, there's red tape because delays. And of course, part of the reason for this, there are people who, you know, who lie about their relatives. There are people who forge names on deeds or wills. There are people who will lie about their relatives, um, will forge documents. So bureaucracy has to be in place to keep those things from happening. But at the same time, if you want to plan in advance, you know who you want to leave your assets to. We want to go through a position where you avoid probate. We avoid probate. When we pass away, there are no assets in our name alone when we pass away. If we have bank accounts, you have somebody else's name on your bank account. Trust, for joint, however you want to deal with it. If you have an annuities, 401ks, IRAs, you have named beneficiaries. If you have, uh, you know, a brokerage account, you have a transfer on death with a named beneficiary. If you have U.S. savings bonds, treasury bills, then you have a payable on death with named beneficiaries. All those designations will avoid probate. If you own real estate, the only effective way to avoid probate on real estate is to try to do a trust agreement or to do a trust agreement. The idea behind a trust agreement, and there are different variations. There are hundreds of variations. But the idea behind a trust agreement, it's your asset as long as you're alive. After you're gone, it, pay, it passes to the beneficiaries. In the same way, let's say, like an insurance policy. The beneficiary of insurance policy can cash in your policy a few days after you're gone with the death certificate. The beneficiary of your trust agreement can sell your property, real estate, a few days after you're gone with the death certificate. There's no court proceeding. There's no probate. Taxes we can talk about at some point. But even right now, and we've talked about taxes a little bit this first of this year, there's no estate tax in New York. And I'm rounding the numbers, but roughly under $7 million, there's no estate tax in New York. So in other words, death tax. So let's say if you die, your estate is worth less than $7 million. Your heirs are not going to have to pay a death in estate tax in New York. The federal amount is nearly double that, $13,700,000. So 90% of us will not have to pay a death tax. And by the way, there is no tax between husband and wife, whether it's a gift tax, estate tax, death tax. Again, we're going to assume that both the husband and wife are U.S. citizens. And if some of you are out there and you say, hey, what about me? I'm not married. I'm married to someone who's not a U.S. citizen. What do I do? Talk it over. There's a different type of trust we can set up to avoid paying the taxes, at least for a while. 
between husband and wives, between marital couples that are not U.S. citizens, called a qualified domestic trust, where you appoint somebody else who's a U.S. citizen to be a trustee to make sure the money doesn't disappear to uh, to another country. Now, why do you want to avoid probate? Again, it's a court proceeding, it's probate. During COVID, we had some horrible, you know, examples. Things were just so slow. Not too many people were working during COVID. Not too many people in the court system were working. And there was a judge in Brooklyn who didn't do anything for a couple of years. And so if you had a co-op and it was in your name alone when you passed away and then you died and you lived in Brooklyn and you got assigned to that judge's part, which there are only two surrogates in Brooklyn, so it's 50-50, you got assigned to that surrogate's part, You've got a mortgage on your co-op. You're paying your maintenance. Let's say it's a $500,000 co-op and a $250,000 mortgage. Well, in a few years, between the $250,000 mortgage payments, if you can't make the payments, and between your maintenance, maybe all the equity in your apartment is gone, and maybe your co-op started a foreclosure proceeding against you. And before you know it, the heirs almost have, they don't even have enough equity to try to fight it out. And that's one reason you avoid probate. Now, the same principle might apply if you have a house. But if you have a million-dollar house, it's going to take a long time for the equity to be drained. But at the same time, bad things can happen. You could have a mortgage on the house. You can't make payments because you don't. You can't rent the house out until you get through probate or at least get permission from the probate judge to rent the house out. So you got no rents coming in. You can't evict somebody. So let's say you got a tenant in there not paying rent. Still can sue you if you don't give them hot water and heat and so forth. And they can demand hot water and heat, not pay any rent. And believe it or not, you know, not when you evict them, not pay rent for months and months and months. It's a, it's a crazy system out there. And listen, probate's not going to help you with all those examples. But at least if you don't go through probate, you don't want, have to wait for the probate court, the surrogate's court, to give your permission to evict that tenant. You can do it the day after the person's gone. You can start collecting rents the day after the person's gone legally um, without any you know, legal problems. So if you own real estate, you want to avoid probate. The only effective way to avoid probate if you own real estate is to do a trust agreement. Now, Nicole, why don't you put the house in your son or daughter's name? Isn't that simpler? Oh, boy. How much time do we have today? Well, I think we've got a bit of time. Well, once you do that, you basically lose all control. And people sometimes don't realize how bad that can be. You know, all of a sudden you're getting kicked out by your in-laws. You're, even if your kids don't die, sometimes they just turn rotten. I'm not a parent. I know it's hard for you parents to believe that. We see it all the time. Kids turn rotten. They do bad things. They get new spouses. These spouses are evil. And then you are left out in a very, very harsh predicament where you go... He would have never done that to me before. Well, guess what, Dolly? He's doing it to you now, and it's really out of your control. So do not lose control of your house. Do not lose control of your money. Stay in control as long as you can. And doing an irrevocable trust, even a revocable trust, allows you to stay in control as long as you can. Now, Mr. Connors, back to you. You were saying that, you know, for families that fight or have objections to the will, probate takes a long time. We have people that come in here and say, no, 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 not my family. My family's golden. They will all get along. Everybody will sign as quickly as possible. Does that make a difference to the court? Do they look at that and say, wow, look at this model family. Let's pass this through and just put an X on it and probate it right away. Do they? You still or- have to go through the bureaucracy. 
So nobody cares that the family is a lovely, lovely, you know. And you know, like one of one of the things a lot of people don't realize. Let's say you have three kids, and one of your kids, you gave a few hundred thousand dollars years ago so he could buy his own home. So now you're doing your will and say, well, I'm going to leave the house to my other two children because my third son, he has a house and I gave him the money to buy that house years ago. And I didn't give hardly anything to the other two kids and I'm even it up now. So I'm going to give my house to my other two kids. And my other son, he got his money ahead of time. He's not going to complain. He's not going to go to court. And what happens? Nicole, that's your job. What happens is they all of a sudden don't remember that mom and dad helped them. Nobody helped them. What do you mean? They're self-made. They did it all by themselves. They don't understand how their other siblings went and bamboozled mom and dad into writing them out. They don't understand. They swear on everything, including their children. My parents would have never done this to me. Never not once saying that the check would have to resurrect itself from the dead. Somebody would have to have multiple copies and they may still even deny it. But even if you do have the copies, that doesn't mean the will's valid. Isn't that a doozy for you guys? Sit on that. You can give all the money away. You can leave out a child. They can object. That was mom's favorite. She, see, she gave me mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars years ago. She gave me hundreds of thousands of dollars years ago. She wouldn't write me out of her will. That makes no sense. And then they get hundreds and hundreds of thousands plus depending how desperate everybody else is to get paid and move on. Yeah. And, I mean, that's one of the problems. You know, it's through the delay. You know, it's 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 not that the person is going to win a will contest. That very rarely happens. But what happens is things get settled. And the person who objects to the will is going to get a check through settlement. And there's going to be a lot of aggravation. Let's say if you have three children, there's going to be a lot of aggravation to the other two children going through the system, being sued by their brother or sister. And it's not a pleasant feeling. And surrogates court, you know, depending on the law system, sometimes you get backed up. Sometimes things move relatively quickly. But during COVID, nothing was moving. And who's to say we're not going to have another COVID? Would you say probate and administration brings families together? (laughs) Listen, I've had cases where the only time the family ever got together was through the return dates at surrogates court. (laughs) None of them were talking to each other until they showed up. And sorry, not that they were talking to each other. At that point, they were shouting at each other and screaming at each other. Um, And sometimes it's something so silly. Like, you have a sibling that just doesn't check their mail. They're not good at, you know, mailing things back, answering emails. And things are on delay because of something so silly. And you get so irritated. You don't understand what's going on. And they've never been good at mailing or checking their emails. And all of a sudden, you want them to become a computer genius. That's just not how it works overnight, even if there's money involved. So everybody's individual personalities plays a part. And people get really tired very quick when money's on the line. It's just not something that brings families together in our opinion or our experience. And listen, don't, don't don't get us wrong. There are a lot of families that there are no problems. The three kids shake hands and everything's divided equally and there's no problem. We're not saying that. But it's like 10% of our families give us 90% of our problems. 90% of our families can probably just go in, shake hands, everything gets done, everybody treats everybody fairly. They're brothers and sisters that lived each other for you know years and years. And they trust each other. But it's 10% of the families, I would say, that give 90% of our problems and our work and our heartaches. 
But even with that, I think I feel worse for the families that come in and just say, what does it take? We got to just get it done. And it's something like the house or a bank account, something that could have had beneficiaries on it or, you know, you know, the parents could have done a trust and avoided this whole shebang because we can't save time and we can't save money there. You know, it's going to take the time that it takes and it's going to cost the money that it costs, especially when it's going through equal shares and everybody should have just had it the day after the parents passed. There was a better way to do it. And sometimes not educating yourself and getting the information needed, you don't do the best that you can and you find yourself in these you know, unfortunate situations that are just annoying. They're not terrible. Eventually, you will get the house. You will get whatever was in mom and dad's name. But it's annoying. We could avoid being annoying. Okay. Now, earlier before Beth was on and she was saying one of the different courts. Mm-hmm. Well, surrogate's court has jurisdiction of, you know, wills, decedents, property, um, accountings on these states, can be on an accounting on a trust. Um, sometimes, you know, it, usually surrogates court, you know, the dispute is between one of the deceased persons. If it's usually between two living persons, the surrogates court really doesn't get involved. Um, you know, we have Supreme Court, which can take in, in its of itself can take virtually any case. Supreme Court can take any case in the state. Um, civil court is for cases under a certain amount and not criminal. Of course, we have the criminal courts for minor crimes, and we have the Supreme Court criminal part for major crimes, and then we have the appellate division for appeals and the court of appeals, which goes over the uh, appellate division. So then we got our special courts and civil court, like the landlord-tenant court, the small claims court, whatever. But the court that we deal mostly with is the surrogates court. And again, there's going to be election in Queens this upcoming year. Now, you know, you live in New York City, I think you know the game. The election doesn't mean very much in November. The winners of the election are determined by the Democratic primary in June. So if you wait till November to vote, that's fine and good. Please vote in November. It's important to vote in November. But if you wait till November, as far as these local races like surrogates court race, the game is over. You have to vote in the Democratic primary in June. And we're going to be talking about one to one of the candidates of for surrogates court in New York, Judge Wendy Lee. Very impressive personality, and hope she does well. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. 
Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463, and you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384. 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. The Guild for Exceptional Children, or GEC, has been providing excellent care to children and adults with developmental disabilities since 1958. It is our mission to help build better lives and brighter futures for the people in our care. We serve nearly 1,000 individuals each day and are proud that 90 cents of every dollar is used for actual services. Please visit www.gecbklyn.org or call 718-833-6633 to learn more. Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Welcome to the Connor's Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. We all know this year is an election year, but you know, it's not just for president that there's an election. There's an election for court judges across New York City. And one of the most important judicial judgeships up for election is the surrogate's court of Queens County. And and the reason for that is, you know, a lot of times if you go to court, if you want to sue somebody, you choose to sue. Um, but a lot of times surrogates court, if you or a relative passes away with assets in your name alone when you pass away, your assets get process, processed through the court. And it's very important to have a, a good judge in charge of that process. Also, if there are disputes between family members on the handling of an estate, Again, it's very important to have a fair judge. And right now, we're very pleased to have Wendy Lee, who's running for surrogates court judge. Well, welcome to the welcome to Connor's Corner, Judge. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so the the election is in November, but there is a primary in the Democratic primary on June twenty fifth. Yes, that's uh, June twenty fifth. Okay. Now, let me ask you: Why are you running? Well, so I believe in the principles of fairness, compassion, and respect for all. I came from a modest uh, family in China. When I grew up, I did not have the right to vote. And I became United States citizen when I was in the mid-40s. Now, let me ask you something, because I think a lot of our listeners really don't know what it's like in China. But why didn't you have the right to vote? Well, we don't have the we didn't have the democratic process like we have here in the United States. So for people who are born here, the right to vote 
was born with them. But here,、uh, as an immigrant, I have to fight for my right to vote. So I'm very much treasure the opportunity to be able to vote and to participate in the democratic process here in the United States. Okay, so let me ask you: How long did it take you to become a U.S. citizen from when you know start to beginning in the process through immigration and everything else? Well, it's more than ten years. So it took me about ten to. Well, I got my green card、um, more than ten years after I arrived United States. I came here for law school after I graduated from Peking University, which is a top university in China, like Harvard here, and a full scholarship. And I went to work, and then I obtained my green card based on employment. And it took me another five years to become United citizen. So altogether, it's about fifteen years. And so, how soon after that did you get involved in politics? I became active in my local community. I was on the board of our local community board even before I became the.、Um, Uh, have the right to vote, so I、um, became、um, active in our uh, political um, environment at、uh, uh, our local community、um, right after I became the U.S. citizen. So I voted、um, as soon as I became a U.S. US citizen. Okay, now you're you're a judge right now. You're a judge of the civil court. Yes. What kind of cases are are you involved being judge of the civil court? So it's everything about the dispute economically. We I have handled、um, lots of matters、uh, across from、uh, Brooklyn, Queens, and Manhattan. Actually,、mm-hmm. when I was in Brooklyn, I was in the criminal court for one year, and then I was in Queens civil court for three years. I have handled everything from the contract,、uh, breach of contract. Um, car accidents,、um, they maybe the、um, right to have the dog, the cat we call replevin. And、um, before I took the bench, I was a law partner at international law firms. So I have also handled lots of the international、uh, trust and estate matters、um, for legacy families in the United States. Okay, now surrogates court. You know, some people think. That it's a paper court. I've seen that written in newspapers, but in a lot of cases, it's it's one of the most difficult、um, courts to run because you have family members in many cases suing each other. In effect, whether they're objecting to a will or objecting to an accounting, and it's a lot more personal. You know, it's not a car accident where somebody's, you know. One stranger to another—it's your brother or your sister in many cases, or your cousin—that you're in a dispute with, and, and the issues run personally much deeper. How do you feel you'd be able to manage those? That's why, precisely why I'm running, because I believe that、um, a fair and、um, good judge that have the respect for all. Uh, can help the fam- family to navigate the difficult time, a difficult process, because the surrogate court is about the living, not about the dead.、Um, the reason for me to run is because it's about the history, it's about respect, it's about protecting the family.
if the families, if the family members believe that、uh, there is a fair judge who can handle the matters equally and fairly, we can protect the family from the disputes or fighting with each other. And the blood relationship is most important thing in our life, and we don't want the.、Um, You know disputes because of the inheritance destroy the family, so that's why I'm running to protect the family and then to have the respect for everybody. And of course, it's about making the history. When I'm elected, I will be the first female, first minority surrogate court judge in Queens, and I will be the first Asian American female surrogate court judge in the entire state of New York. Really. Yes, I didn't realize that in the in the entire state of New York. Yes, the first Asian American female surrogate court judge in the entire state of New York. So it's still okay. Queens is still for for a judge surrogate court judge like Wendy Lee. Okay,、uh, do you think it's important? I mean, Asian Americans they should get out and vote, but can you explain why it's important for them to get involved in the system? Because I think percentage wise, Asian Americans don't vote as Much as some other groups, that's precisely that's another reason for me to participate in the democratic process as well. Because it's not really about me、uh, to be elected as a surrogate court judge; it's about the education for the community. So I hope through my campaign and through my election, we can encourage more、uh, qualified people or qualified lawyers. To be involved in the judicial process, so that we can elect lots of good judges on the bench. Yeah, and, and no offense, but I think we need less political judges on the bench and more fair-minded judges. And that's precisely why I'm running this time as well, because、um, I believe the qualification of a, a jurist is the most important、um, factors uh, uh, for the voters to consider.、Um, I was a law partner before I took the bench for almost eight years、uh, at international law firms, and I. Went to Harvard University, and I have the、um, Master of Science in Law and. A finance degree from Oxford University, and I also went to Harvard University for the、uh, international relation graduate、uh, study program. And、um, I have、uh, more than twenty-five years of legal experience,、um, both as a lawyer and I have a jurist. I think the、um, experience、um, from the law profession equipped me very well to be our next Queen Surrogates Court Judge. Let's go back a little bit in history. Where did you grow up as, as a girl? What was life like? And did you ever think you would be a judge in New York City in the United States? Well, I grew up、um, again with a modest means family. So my mom and my dad they sacrificed a lot in order to afford me the opportunity to go to school. Uh, in China, and afford me the opportunity to go to Peking University、uh, to study law,、uh, which is、uh, very important、uh, for our、uh, generation above us because they focus on the education. They want to afford their children with the best opportunity. I'm so grateful for my、um, parents to help me to achieve my goal, achieve my dream. And when I came to the United States, I wouldn't be able to come here if I if 
it were to have the、uh, scholarship from my law school, which is Southern Methodist University here in the United States. So I'm very grateful for my university as well, law school here in 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 the United States.、Um, so that's why that. Um, um, It's important for our next generation to know that、uh, if an immigrant like me who came to the United States at age of twenty-eight, if we, if I can become a law partner at international law firms, so do they. So I want to encourage the young people, the next generation, to do whatever they want to do if they put their efforts, if they put their work into the matter they are working on, they will achieve and they will be successful. Now, how easy or hard was it for you to get your green card? How hard was it to get into the United States? Well, I actually applied the visa quite a few times um, um, because uh, uh, when I applied the visa to come here,、um, I applied for the F one, which is a student visa. I was turned down for three times. Uh, I uh, I obtained the、uh, visa to come here to study. And my fourth try, so it's not easy,、uh, and it took me a long time—fifteen years—to become a United States citizen. So maybe we shouldn't even talk about this. But do you think the immigration system should could be improved in the United States? I'm not—I'm not talking about border crossings, but legal immigration, people coming to the United States. Could there be some improvements in? Do you have any thoughts? Well, as a judicial rule and the judicial ethics, as a judge, we cannot take the position uh, on uh, any um, current uh, disputes. But I believe that、uh, with the legislature's help, with the、uh, leadership from our administration, we can、uh, handle the、um, uh, situation properly. Okay. Now, the. The primary is going to be on June twenty fifth. Yes, and of course, most of you know if you live in New York City, the primary is more important from the election. We can't wait for the election to vote because by that time it's too late. Precisely,、uh, especially in New York City, that、um, if any of the candidate wins the Democratic primary, which this year is on June twenty fifth, two thousand twenty four. The、um, the general election, the result for the general election is quite clear. Right, and so if somebody wants to find out about your campaign, do you have a website? Our website is www.voteforwindylee.com. Okay, can you say that again? Because some people listening. Right, it's、uh, www.voteforwindylee.com. WendyLee.com. The four is F O R. So it's w w w dot w e n d y f o r l i.、Uh, excuse me. Could I repeat? So it's a.、Uh, yeah, we can edit it. It's w w w dot v o t e f o r w e n d y l i dot com. So again, the website is www. Excuse me. It's the website is www. votefourwendyli. dot com, which is www. voteforwindyli. dot com. Thank you. Okay. Do you have any last messages for our audience? What would you like to tell them? Outside of vote on June twenty fifth. 
and and also be be registered to vote. I mean that we just we're, we're talking about that before we got on the air. Right. So in order to vote in the Democratic primary, you have to be a Democrat in New York City to vote. The deadline for anybody who wants to change the party is February fourteenth, two thousand twenty-four. So if you haven't registered before and you want to register to vote, you can register to vote anytime, probably until May of two thousand twenty-four. Okay, and again, the primary and there's not going to be there's probably not going to be a lot of hoopla or publicity about the primary this year. So, you, right, because I don't think there's going to be that much in the New York primary in June. Right. So this year we don't have an election for mayors. We don't have the election for governors. So it's uh, we don't we we would not be able to have lots of publicities uh, for the Democratic primary. So I hope everybody can uh, remember the day and then come out and vote. Okay. And I just want to mention to Queens residents, this is really one of the most important elections that could determine your life, your future. Because a lot of us, you know, again, you can in some cases you can choose to go to court, but in a lot of cases in surrogates court, you're going to court because of the circumstances. Right. You know, your your relative dies with a, a, a will and assets in their name alone, and it'll go to court, and you, or you get in some stupid dispute with your brother or sister over your parents' inheritance. Right, just court. right, just like tax and the surrogate court is unavoidable. Right, <laughs> <laughs> for all of you, <laughs> for okay. all of us, actually. All right, Judge Lee, thank you very much for being on Connor's Corner. My pleasure. Thank you very much. And good luck in your campaign. Thank you very much. Hi, this is Patrick Wayne. I had the good fortune to be raised by a man of strength and courage, a man of true grit. My father, John Wayne, died of stomach cancer in 1979, and in his characteristic style, he ignored advice to keep his disease quiet and campaigned publicly to encourage preventive treatments. He inspired our family to carry on that mission and to fight what my dad called the Big C. All this has been made possible by my father's legacy of determination and a community of supporters who have helped expand upon that legacy. If you'd like to know more about what the Wayne family is doing to fight cancer, just go to johnwayne.org. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? 
These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or connorsandsullivan.com. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Now I'm accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hello, everybody. And my son, Michael. Hello, everyone. Okay, I mean, we were just talking to Wendy Lee, who's running for surrogate of Queens County. And, you know, here's one of the things about that election. You wait to November, the election's over. Because in most of New York City, Staten Island might be the one exception. But most of New York City, who wins the Democratic primary, wins the race. So if you're interested in this race, you're interested in good government, uh, take a look at the primary in June and make sure you vote. If you can't vote, of course, to to vote, you have to be registered in the Democratic primary. I know that's a lot of our listeners that doesn't fit. But if you are, a lot of people stay registered Democrats so they can vote in primaries just for this. So, you know, if you're interested in good government, remember to vote in June in the primary. Now, you know, Judge Lee there was talking about immigration. And, you you know, here at Connors and Sullivan, we do have immigrants from all over the world. And, you know, and of course, unless I've been bamboozled, they're all legal. Um, Michael, what languages do we have covered? And they're all native speakers for the most part. All right. So we have English, Spanish, Italian, Greek, Polish, Romanian, Russian, Ukrainian, Mandarin, Cantonese, Fujianese, Tagalog, and Hindi. Okay. So that covers a lot of the Earth's population. Probably more than half, I would think. Probably way more than half, because we've got Chinese and Hindi, and right, right, yeah, and uh, English. Well, your your mother didn't speak anything but German when she came over, right? Right, yeah. You know, and and, and that I think sometimes the you know the Democrats unfairly say that the Republicans are against immigration. I think almost every Republican is in favor of legal immigration. And I think a lot of us feel that we should have a, a different system, a better system. But I don't know if the political uh, makeup right now allows us to do that. I don't think anybody would be opposed to having legal immigration for people who want to come to the United States, want to be Americans, especially those people that are educated. Like we talked to Father Paul a couple of years ago, and he was working very hard to get about, I think it was 23 Christians to get him visas into the United States. And, of course, remember, at the same time, he said the Trump administration was very helpful where the Obama administration was not very helpful. So, you know, think about when you, you know, who's more in favor of immigration or not because he had people... Legal immigration. He was was trying to get visas for people who were Christians, who were educated, who wanted to come to the United States because they wanted to get out of the... War time. I mean, I, I you know I pray for the people in the Middle East right now, whether whether it's in Israel, or whether it's being safe from Hezbollah, being safe from Hamas. Um, 
you know, people, I, you, you can't blame people for wanting to escape that and come to the United States. And these people want to become Americans. They want to become good citizens. So, you know, I, we, we should do something in the United States, but it's, it's not just putting that 5 million people jump in line and they get ahead of the 5 million people who wait in line. It's not just jump in line because a lot of the people coming over are criminals. I mean, we're seeing that in New York City and it's all over the country. So we want good citizens in here. Um, It's heartbreaking. All right, but if you do live in Queens, remember to look into the candidates and vote in uh, June. Now, we we do have two Queens offices, and Beth, you were talking, maybe we should mention something about it. We have an office in Middle Village, Queens, on Metropolitan Avenue, fair, fairly close to St. John's Cemetery, and we have an office in Bayside on Bell Boulevard off Northern Boulevard. And the neighborhoods are very different, even though we're in the same borough. And I mean, I do like Middle Village as a neighborhood. It, a lot of immigrants are there, people who came from Europe and built up you know, well, there, there are a lot of Germans there, right? There's still some Germans there, Poles, Italians, some old Irish. Right. And, and people who came over to this country, they built up their estates, they paid their mortgages, they saved for their children. And, of course, Bayside is a little bit of the same thing, but there the, the immigrants are more that they're there now. The immigrants are more there from China or Korea, Korean. and it's the same thing. They're right. they're buying properties, they're paying off their mortgages, they're trying to leave a legacy for their children. And if you want to do that at Connors and Sullivan, give us a call. We'll tell you how to transfer your assets to the next generation while you still keep control. Pay the least amount of taxes we need to pay legally. We don't want to be paying taxes that we don't have to pay. And in New York, if you make a mistake, you can get killed in taxes. You know, a husband and wife, let's say you got $8 million in assets, and you may say, I don't have $8 million in assets, but maybe you got a house that's worth a million that's, you know, but maybe it's worth $2 million because you haven't looked at the market recently. You have some 401k, IRA money. You have some insurance policies. You know, you say, well, insurance policies are not taxable. Well, in New York State, if you own the policy and you have more than $7 million in your estate, that insurance policy is taxable to your estate. Now, sometimes we put that in the trust to get it out of the tax man's hands or whatever. But if again, if you own a policy and you have more than $7 million, and when you die, if you're single, that insurance policy is taxable to your state. And there are a lot of people who have more in assets than they think because they're not adding every little thing up. Oh, it doesn't count the $100,000 bank account I have in trust for my daughter. Yes, it does. Does it count the $200,000 I have in trust with my son? Yes, does it count the 200000 I have joint with my son? Yes, it all counts. You know, like, you know, Mr. Limbaugh used to say, you know, they add up your tax, your paper clips. Well, that's an exaggeration. But, but maybe they, not. <laughs> well, but they tax everything. And if you're single, remember, there's no tax between husband and wife. I say that on previous shows, and then sometimes I forget to say it on the current show. There's no tax between husband and wife if they're both U.S. citizens. So let's say you have a New York City couple. They've got $10 million in assets. They don't do any planning. Husband dies, leaves everything to wife. There's no tax. Wife dies with a $10 million estate in New York. Children are going to be paying a $1 million in taxes the way the law is right now. And some of you I know are saying, well, $10 million, pay a $1 million in taxes. But there's no reason for that. 
I mean, the government really doesn't deserve 10% of what you earned, what you worked for your life. You pay taxes on that all your life. And so when you die, why is the government entitled to 10%? And of course, here's the thing. If we do a little bit of planning, and I'm simplifying it to the 10th degree, because we don't have an hour consultation here, but if, let's say you have a husband and wife with a $10 million estate, we put $5 million in trust for the husband, $5 million in trust for the wife, getting to the kids, each one, the husband and wife takes care of themselves, we can get that $10 million out completely tax-free without breaking a sweat. And, you know, it's, it's easy, but you got to do it when both members of the couple are alive to take full advantage of the tax laws. If you don't do any planning, one of the couple dies, then you're kind of restricted what you can do. There's certain gifts we can make. We can do what's called a renunciation if we get it done within nine months of death. And believe me, most people don't act within nine months of death because it goes a lot quicker than you think. So if you want to do the right planning, you, you want to do the planning when both members of the couple are alive. And again, some people say, uh, you know what, we, we don't have $7 million. But maybe your mother or father's still alive, and they're going to leave you $2, 3000000 million. And, you know, you never know. Well, sometimes the stocks go up and down, and maybe they have a you're way up, and you've got these stocks, and all of a sudden, boom. I mean, that ha- that's happened to more than a few people that I know. Yeah, well, we once had a lady come in to do a will, and she said she had $3 million worth of uh, Pfizer stock. And she actually had about $30 million of Pfizer stock. Because she had the stock certificates in her attic, and she wasn't looking at the papers. And yes, she was getting dividends, but she thought it was worth three million. It was worth thirty million, and we had all sorts of taxes to pay. We didn't think we had to pay when she first died because we had the wrong information. And that's one thing too. If you come in, sometimes just keep in the back of mind. We may be asking of what your assets are. We really don't want to pry. We don't want to know, but we do want to know if we're we're coming close that taxable event because again the same person if they have six million dollars in assets it'll go out tax-free to the kids if they have eight million dollars in assets it's going to go eight hundred thousand dollars is going out in taxes so that's why we want to know and of course sometimes you know geographical advice sometimes is what you may give you go to florida you got a ten million dollar state you're single in new york your children pay a million dollars in taxes you go to florida your children pay zero and, of course, the question gets asked, well, what do I have to do, change my uh, tax return, tra- change my driver's license? Uh, is that what I have to do? Well, technically, what you got to do is move from New York to Florida. But, again, if you spend 183 days in Florida, you're technically a Florida resident. Now, you may get audited, and that's one of the things. You want to you keep up your documentation. You want to really live in Florida and if you are spending, let's say, 180 days in New York and 180 days in Florida, and you got a couple of extra days in Florida, you want to document it. And for the most part, you can document it. Now, the the problem is if you drive from New York to Florida, they may not know, we may not know exactly what day you drove and what day you were in the car and what day you were wherever. Even then, probably you made charges if you had to go back in time. You make charges, you know, you charge for gas, you use your credit card for gas. We know what state you used the credit cards in. Uh, you make phone calls. Your cell phone tells you where you are. Some people think, oh, okay, I'll train my driver's license to Florida. I'll file my tax return from Florida, and I'm going to get away with it. It's not that easy. You get audited. 
The IRS in New York State, depending on who's ordered, knows every cell phone where you made it from. And they can tell you geographically where the pings are. I don't know if you, you know, watch some of these murder shows that Beth and I watch sometimes. But you make a cell phone call, they know within a few feet of where you made the phone call from. So if you're making 1,742 uh, phone calls from New York and 75 from Florida, well, guess what? They're going to figure it out. They're not stupid. Uh, getting to the point, too, where let's say you have a Florida house and they know the average temperature in Florida for that time period was 90 degrees um, and you don't have an air conditioning bill, they're going to wonder about that. In any event, you want to get, you want to come in and, and try to talk about estate planning and elder law, give us a call at Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. We have offices in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. We have two offices in Queens again, one in Bayside, one in Middle Village. I go to each one of the offices. Uh, Manhattan, not as much because of different restrictions. But if you want to see me in Manhattan, give us a call. We'll see you in Manhattan. There are other attorneys that go there from our office, but give us a call at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. We'll see you next week at the same time and places. Thank you for listening to Ask the Lawyer. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this song away. Kevin McCullough, are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors & Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.